This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast. Joining me this evening is Ian, the final score at Deepdale. It finished Preston North End 2, Bristol City 2. We uh, would have taken that before the game, but um, oh dear, what a surprise. 95 minutes on the clock, an avoidable goal, and we'll talk more about that later. Um, how many points have we lost this season now through uh, late goals conceded? Uh, Ian, as we normally do, quick 30-second summary on the game. Well, it's a game that we should have won, absolutely no doubt. The referee, and I don't normally criticise referees, uh, the referee missed one definite and another probable penalty. Uh, he got them both wrong. Uh, it could have been possibly a foul on Campring at the end, although Campring should have passed the ball earlier or ran it into the corner. Uh, he did neither, and he lost the ball. They went up the other end and scored with a cross uh, from his side of the field. So um, there was an element of bad luck, but overall, a lot of pos- a lot of positives to take from. Yeah. Does that cover the 30 seconds, or do you want me to go on? Well, say so. Yeah, no, I think you've covered it well there, Ian. I think you've covered it well. Um, I mean, for my part, uh, I think what you said about Cam Pring, uh, what on earth was he doing bombing forward like that and a couple of other players just before him when we should really have been, as I put on Twitter, so showing some shithousery to close the game down. And we just didn't. We just didn't do that. But uh, as you normally do, let's go through uh, the story of the game. Uh, Ian, the, the lineup, um, Kloss playing, coming in for Zach Viner. He's not had much match practice, but looking at the performance he gave, um, doesn't seem to need it. Class player, good good choice to bring him in for Zach. I think it, was, it turned out to be an excellent choice. It's always going to be a gamble when you bring in a guy that hasn't played uh, any football for seven months. Uh, but I listened to his after-the-match interview and he seems like a talker and a leader, uh, as well as a decent footballer, which is what we've needed. Um, we need something to stop us conceding two goals every game because you can't always rely on the forwards to score three. And we've needed to score three goals to win a game. And we can't go on like that. So, yeah, really glad to see him. Um I thought he looked looked a good player there. And, and I've got no problem with Campering bombing forward like that. What I've got a problem with is his distribution. And he needs to learn how to time a pass because it's not the first time today that he bombed forward. He's got great athleticism, great pace, but he loses the ball. He's a bit like Rob Atkinson there in that he bombs out, then loses the ball. So, uh, and I definitely think left wing back is his best position. I prefer to see him... If Rob Atkinson's back next week, I'd prefer to see him at left wing back than uh, your friend well, Callum O'Dowd, who I thought. I well, thought I said on the. I thought he had, yeah. I he had an absolute, absolute. I thought he had an absolute stinker today, Callum, and uh, he, he he didn't do what he can do 
well, I'm okay with him not adding balls clear because that isn't his game. But uh, I, I, you know, there's a couple of times, particularly one in the first half, he comes inside on his right and blazes it hopelessly over the bar. And that's the second time yeah. in a couple of games he's done it. And another time he had a chance to just take the ball on his left foot, go in and have a shot. And he, for some... And he took it on his right. He took it on his right, didn't he? he yeah, yeah. Comes in on his right. It makes everything more difficult for himself. So I think if we've got enough fit players, which is always a big question, with the number we've still got out, which is five, um, I think Callum should take a break. I think you should take a permanent break, Ian, to be perfectly honest. And when you look at the fact that you're saying that Campering is best position is left wing back and... You know, I, I yeah. got slated for saying it was a solution. Jada Silva did well as an attacking right wing back for part of the game and then did well on the left-hand side in that attacking uh, type role because he's not he's not a defender, Jada Silva, but some of his footwork uh, today was um, pretty marvellous, I thought, really. I mean, let's get into the action. And I've never seen a first half. I tweeted it was tempting fate, really, wasn't it? I've never seen a uh, a match where uh, we dominated so much in the opening 45. And I went so bold as to say that's probably the most dominant 45 minutes, apart from the lack of goals, that we've seen from a City side since Nigel Pearson's been inside. And the goal on 11 minutes, uh, the first goal, uh, Ian, it was another class goal, wasn't it? You know, the uh, WSM, not Western Supermare, but Wyman, Semenyo, Martin, not in that order this time, but classy goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an excellent goal. And, and another assist for Wyman and another goal for Martin. And, and I think Chris Martin, which is why I say we need a player who can come off the bench and replace him when he tires in the last 20 minutes of games, because he does. Um, yeah, and, and I think that would help us and make it. And it would also help Chris because I think he's a good player uh, when he's sharp. But as he he gets more tired, then his first touch goes, and he doesn't hold the mm. ball up his one. That happened, that happened a fair bit in the second half. But yeah, it's good yeah. ball, good football played across the field. Semenyo into Boyman, and that that triumvirate is a bit nailed on at the moment. Pearson said after the game. It wasn't his favourite formation, but it suited the players he had, which is perfectly true. Um, and I think Vyman can normally see a pass. Sometimes I have to say his pass is a bit erratic, um, but um, it, it, he's a lovely little slip ball, very similar to the one for the second goal that Semenyo played in to. Um, yeah. Sorry, that Masengo played into Semenyo. Semenyo. Masengo played to Semenyo. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And that yeah. A, I mean, Semenyo's looking... Semenyo's... Yeah, Semenyo's looking some player now. I mean, do you think, you know, and he's scored his, his goal, which we come on to but since we're talking about him. Um, do you think somebody might come in with a cheeky bid before the window shuts in a couple of days' time? Well, if they come in with a, a cheeky bid, I'm only in favour of... Um, the club accepting a bid that is too good to refuse. So let's say, for example, somebody comes in and says, right, we'll give you 20 million for Antoine Semenya. Right? He, he's going to be gone. We all know that. Um, but yeah. there's a there was a story broke today, I believe it was in the Telegraph, that said um, Cardiff and Swansea have put in loan bids for Naki Wells. Now, mm. if we can let Naki go and we can get a... Chris Martin, younger version, more mobile, upfront player in, uh, then I'd say, yeah, do the deal. If we can, and they're only offering to pay, for example, half his wages, I'd say don't do the deal because you're you're helping a club that you're competing against at the wrong end of the table. Uh, so it's very, very important that, and, and you know, we may get an injury tomorrow. Semenyo may not be available for Blackpool or Chris Martin, and then what do you do? So, you know, yeah. I'd be sensible because at the moment we've only got, if nobody that went off today is injured, um, we've got, I think it, now that Closes here, and I thought we had a good game today, um, mm. we've only got 19, 19 players available to select from. Uh, that's without delving into the under-23s like Conway and Bell. So we need to be very careful uh, because we've still got five players injured and we know one won't be back at all. Um, but what we what, what, another one, Tanner, probably won't be back for at least another month. 
And yeah. you, you look at it, the likes of, of Rob Atkinson, Matty James, they're not shoe-ins to be back even in time for our next home game. So we need no, to be no. very, sen- very sensible as far as the squad goes. But yeah, yeah if it's a cheeky bit, turn it down. If somebody comes in with a, a, an amazing world-beating offer, then the, the club will have to take it. That, unfortunately, is yeah. where we d- and every other champion where we are. Yeah, I mean, I think twenty million is a uh, bit well, pie yeah, in the sky. Yeah. I think we, ta- I think we, t- I think we take. Yeah, I think we take ten million and a big, big add-on or something. But there we go. Let's get back into uh, the heart of the action. No, Semenyo uh, almost became goal scorer after uh, JD Jay De Silva's cross had been uh, headed clear. That was a chance, and then again, great move. Uh, didn't threaten the goal but uh, 24 minutes cross to Callas nice little interplay with uh, Jada Silva um, and you know we got a corner one of several we got in the first half 33 minutes and 25 it was those two efforts as you described a minute ago uh, Ian um, when uh, O'Dowda really uh, should have done better but you know Andy Vyman, 14 goals, five assists. It should have been 15 and five, seven minutes before the interval when Semenyo did really well to get to the byline and dribble it. And why did he miss? How did he miss? Eye off the ball or technique or what? But Well, both. Uh, the ball it finished up in his heel. Uh, I mean, it yeah. could have still been a jammy finish and gone in off the post, but it didn't. I think he was trying to put the ball back where it came from, and he completely mistimed it. I don't know where. I don't. The ball didn't look like it bobbled, but what he should have done is put his foot through it and smashed it in the net. And if you mm. wanted that chance to fall to anybody, you'd wanted it to fall to Andy Vyman or Chris Martin, wouldn't you? But Andy Vyman mm. definitely. And all right, how many goals has he scored this season? And and he he cocked that one up. Perhaps he had a little bit too long to think about what he was going to do with it. I don't know, but yeah. he made a yeah. It. Now I think if he if he scores that goal. Oh, we've won. We've won. Absolutely. I mean, it was was interesting. I was listening to Chris Honor on Robin's TV and he was talking about Andy Vyman and he was saying a lot of what we say is that he just needs to calm himself down a bit and pick the pass because everything with him is 100 miles an hour. Now, he did pick the pass, obviously, for Martin's goal, but Andy Vyman at 30, he's got enough experience now that it doesn't have to be as frantic, does it? And, you know, he... Well, maybe if he was that good, he wouldn't be playing for us. But uh, <laughs> I mean, interesting. A Wolves. Sorry, go on. At the end of the, at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the game, another thing happened when we could have taken the ball into the corner and calmed down. Andy Vyman and Chris Martin combined to give the ball away, and yeah, once again, they are two experienced players. I, I, you know, you can you can stand the likes of Alex Scott or. Um, Semenyo doing the odd daft thing, Pring even doing the odd daft thing like that, but not those two guys because they're they're both good players no. um, and they're both uh, in their thirties. So uh, you know that that is as unacceptable as what Cam Pring did, and, and Nigel Pearson alluded to that quite correctly after the game. Um, so I mean, before the yeah. three away games that we were facing, I, I'd have been happy with three points. In other words, drawing the lot. Um, but now, in order to get yeah. to three points, well, we can't. We can only get to two or four. Well, we're either going to do we two or four. Well, yeah. Next week. yeah. 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 How did they get on in the end? Because, again, how did they get on at Fulham today? How did they get on at Fulham today? Because that was a late one, wasn't it? Because another they, medical emergency in the crowd? They drew one all. Well, that's a good result for them. Good result for them. Well, that means that means they've taken four points off Fulham this year. So perhaps we all have a word with Blackpool on how to play against Fulham. But um, Mitrovic scored again, so he's that's twenty eight for the season. Uh, unbelievable. Black Blackpool had twenty six percent possession. Yeah. And Fulham had nineteen seventy four percent possession, nineteen shots, six on target, nine corners. So I think it's fair to say that they got completely battered. But in fairness to them, they still had, with that 26% possession, they still had 10 shots, four of which were on target. So there's a lesson in that, that you can be outplayed, but that doesn't mean, you you know, you've, you let in dozens of goals. 
So no, um, well, we had a match at we time. had a match at Borough a few seasons ago where we won one nil and we had twenty nine percent possession. But uh, that's a feature of us. I mean, the end of uh, the half, this Reese Jacobson he had a weak shot that was saved, and then uh, after Hannah Masengo uh, did a foul, Brown's free kick that was cleared, and that was City on the break again. Jada Silva to Martin on the counter again, another chance to increase the lead before the interval. Um, Preston made a substitution at. Um, half time uh, uh and the player going off was our former chap greg cunningham would he be good enough to be in a bristol city side now he's a lot he's got to be turned 30 but uh, he's a good championship wing back isn't he greg what well, two two uh, the answer to that is no um and uh, he's okay. I mean, he, he wasn't always a regular in our team. I think we need to remember that. But he re-signed mm. after going out of contract. He re-signed for Preston in the summer. So, I mean, he's an okay player. Um, but we need to be... I, I would rather have <clears throat> Cameron Cameron Pring in the side. Yeah. Or just Cameron Pring or Jay De Silva playing left wing back than, than Greg Cunningham. Or Callum O'Dowd if it, if it comes to yeah. that. And so... You know, Callum, Callum owes us a really big game. If he starts it um, at, at Blackpool, he owes us a really yeah. big game. Well, he's a, as we said before, he's a 20, got one goal every 25 matches and we're there or thereabouts. Yeah. So you're absolutely right there. Yeah? Well, a home side, they couldn't have been any worse in the second period uh, uh, yeah, under their manager, Ryan Lowe, who was tipped uh, to be our boss prior to uh, Nigel's appointment or tipped amongst the runners and riders for that. And they did look the uh, stronger team. And indeed, Ian, six minutes after the restart, um, how would you see the goal? I picked up on a commentary that they thought Wyman was a bit weak in terms of dallying round on the edge of the box. Didn't really, uh, didn't really challenge Archer. But why should he be in that respect? And then Archer's shot saved, and Reese Jacobson that was goal number eleven or twelve for him. But uh, how did you see the uh, first goal that we conceded, Ian? Uh, we lost the ball in midfield. Preston came forward. I think we surrendered a little bit too much ground. Um, Vineman didn't close down properly uh, on the edge of the box, but neither did anybody else. The lad's got his shot away between three players. Max O'Leary has made a decent save down to his right. Um, I I would hope that at that point he'd get a stronger hand on it and push yeah. it to the side instead of, instead of back out, tip it round the post, or out, at least out to the side. Um, but he didn't, and Jack Jacobson got on the ball. Um, for me, a bit too easy and a bit too unmarked, um, because everybody was trying to block the shot and nobody was watching. Uh, nobody was marking the player, so it was a different goal for us to concede because normally they come from open play, open play crosses, even a short corner. I call an open play cross. So. Um, I think it, it, it's important that, um, I mean, I, I would have put Dan Bentley back in goal today. And the other thing, I think Steve, Phillip, uh, Steve Phillips, I was going to say, Max O'Leary is striking me a little bit like um, Steve Phillips. We used to call him Dracula because he ate his crosses. And, mm, and I think flapper. he got caught <laughs> under it. And there was a couple of really weak flaps and punches today. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not. I, I think I, I definitely have Bentley back in goal, uh, albeit that you lose Max O'Leary's distribution, but but your goalkeeper is all about keeping. Yeah, but Bentley's an experienced goalkeeper. Yeah, and, and Bentley can do that. Yeah. Bent, yeah Bentley can keep the ball out, and surely it's coaching. Surely it's. Go on. But just to make a point, that Preston made two subs at halftime today. Ledson and Cunningham went off, and Earl and McCann came on. Um, so, yeah, uh, that could be coached. But what you've got to remember is that certain players are very good at certain things. Um, you know, you couldn't turn Andy Vyman into a ball-winning centre-half. So, I, I, but I would, I, I would actually get uh, Bentley back in the team now. And just tell him to play the ball out through the back three or throw it more because um, I, I think we need his calmness under crosses 
And I think he's every bit as good a shot stopper as um, as, uh, as Max O'Leary. So I, I would yeah. have played Bentley today, for example. I don't think Max O'Leary had a stinker by any means, but I think he could have done uh, better with uh, with that first goal in terms of just parrying yeah. the shot further away. Yeah, the first penalty incident on 53 minutes, uh, it looked, it was Van der Berg. Uh, it looked like a clattering of legs. Um, what were your thoughts on that first one? Well, having seen it in um, from behind the goal in slow motion, it's a pen. He's, he's made yeah. no contact with the ball at all. He's just made contact with Semenyo. So that's a pen. And the one in the second half, uh, later on. Later on in the second half, yeah. Hand, that was even more of a pen. So the, the referees missed two penalties, and I don't, I don't like criticising referees, and I don't do it very often. I mean, I gave the bloke, um, I think from the Luton game, ten out of ten. I was just looking at the marks I did, and uh, but I think he's he's missed big decisions, um, and I don't wonder if a referees. I mean, all this the open play stuff. Him and his team were what I call bang average. They got most of that right, but the big decisions, those two pens, he missed. Yeah. No, they weren't. They weren't uh, good. Uh, with about half an hour remaining, uh, the ineffective Callum O'Dowder went off. On came uh, Williams. That prompted positional, wasn't it? Because Jay De Silva went to left wing back, and sort of Andy Vyman sort of dropped back into a right wing back. Would you agree with that formation change at that particular moment in time? Because that's what it looked like uh, well, I, to me. I, the first I, I substitution agree. when Williams I, came on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I don't. <clears throat> I don't think Andy Vyman's a great choice at right wing back. I mean, he can play there. He could play wide right, but I prefer him in that role behind the two strikers or um, at, at worst in, in a wider role, but he's better off centrally. Um, but I can understand yeah. why he did it. He, he needed to get Joe Williams on. and he, he, Quite frankly, he needed yeah. to get Callum off. Yeah, well, which he did. And I, so the second... Just to, fe- just to feature on Jay De Silva... I thought he had a good game today. I'd mark him 7 out of 10, particularly as he's playing out of position. But he doesn't give the ball away. He plays neat passes mm. and then he blooming moves so you can pass back to him. Um, OK, he, he hasn't got much of a right foot, I have to say it. But I, I thought his contribution was excellent today. And I think yeah. he's a decent defender. He's, he's like we've always said, and there's something none of us can help. He's not very tall. So... No. Um, but as a footballer, I, I think he's got a good first touch. Uh, he can see a pass. He's got an excellent left foot. And um, I, like I said, I'd prefer him or Campring at left wing back. If Rob, Rob Atkinson's out for any length of time, and they were saying in the week that he's looking more hopeful. So that whether that means, uh, you know, it's not serious, it's just a spasm in his back. He hasn't broken anything or tore a muscle or any of that. So if they can get him right, I. I quite like to see a, a back three of Callas, Closer and, and Atkinson move Camping or yeah. to wing back. And then, you know, if we were going to bring in a player, let's say we could move Naki out subject to all the reasons that I've, I've quoted, what we could really do with is a good right wing back. But if you're going to play those three, you could play Zach Viner uh, as a, as a, a right, uh, right wing back. And he put in a good cross late on and made an excellent run. So, I don't think we should discount that, and and it makes you no. makes the defence taller and more balanced, and then that allows you yeah. to bring, um, you know, th- then you've got to start looking at the midfield, and the only way that you could play three in the midfield was if you only had um, one up front. If you're playing, um, you'd have to play three. Well, I suppose you could play three five two, but that would mean leaving out one of. The front three, and at the moment, they all none of them deserve. They all look good. So, but equally, equally, yeah. Ian, you're saying about the midfield. If you look at the combination, uh, well, let's let's look at that. What we thought was going to be the winning goal ten minutes ago, Anoa Masengo. He was running around, and it was good running around today. And he beat a man, and then he slipped another good pass, a bit like Vimans and Semenyo. His finish was not dissimilar to uh, his goal, his first goal against Fulham, was it? You know, just sheer power uh, at the near post. Keeper didn't stand a chance. No, I mean, if, he, if a keeper gets his fingers to that, his fingers broke. It's as simple as that. I mean, when he hits it, blimey, it stays it. And as with either foot, I mean, it, and like I said, I mean, he's got, he's got thighs like my waist. 
you know, he when he hits the ball and he hits it sweet, my word, it re- I, I, like I said, I, I've never seen a player at Bristol City, and I haven't seen very many in world football that can hit a ball that well with both feet. Mm. And in fact, I'm, str- I'm struggling to think, I can think of two-footed players, uh, Johnny Giles, who used to play in midfield for Leeds. You struggle to know which was his best foot, but he couldn't hit a ball like that with either feet. He could, he could pass it, um, but he, he couldn't power it like that. And then you go back through players we've had, Jimmy Mann, hammer of a right foot, Alan Walsh, lightning bolts come out of that left foot. But I'll tell you what, he could yeah. hit a ball like, like that with his right. And, no. um, well, Mickey Bell could hit a good free kick as well, couldn't he? Yeah, from uh, yeah, but from not distance. anything, yeah. not anything like his hard as Samuel no. hits the ball. He really no. is like take take the back of the net out material. We just we need to create more chances with better crosses, better through balls, because that kid's a match winner. Now that he's started scoring goals, yeah. You know, oh God, yeah. Player. He's a proper match winner. No, and he can roll the defender now. He's got the physicality to do that because, uh, I mean, uh, Aidan Flint wouldn't want to be playing against him every uh, every week. So here we are, 2-1. We're still sort of looking for that third goal. He brought on just after the goal, I think, uh, Robbie Cundy, who first time I've seen him and noticed him. Uh, so I don't watch any under-23 stuff. And he is a big uh, unit. He only had a cameo of uh, 10 minutes, but... Uh, what, what do you think, uh, Robbie Cundy, who you've been calling for uh, uh, throughout the season, is worth a chance? Uh, he didn't disgrace himself in the closing period, did he? No, he looks a decent player to me. He played on the left of a back three. Um, he took some good long throwing, so he's obviously a strong lad that can throw the ball uh, a bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the size of him, the same is closer they're not going to be the quickest people in the world, but they're not slow either. And I'm all no. in favour of people, you know, I'm a little bit old-fashioned. Um, I'm a bit old-fashioned in the sense I like to see somebody play before I'm dismissive of them. Yeah. So give, give, the kid, give the kid a chance. And, and I hope um, when we, because he's only in his early, I think he's about 24, Robbie. And he's had a bad time with injuries, but he went out on loan, did extremely well, uh, won the most balls in the air at League One at Gillingham, played 30-odd games. Their fans were raving about him, and I think they could do with him because I think they got beat 7-2 today by Oxford, uh, although one lad scored four penalties, I believe. So, That's correct. Yeah, you, so look, I, I would like, um, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see him have a go. Now, on what I little bit I've seen, would I put him in the side in front of Nathan Baker or Rob Atkinson? No, but if they ain't available, he gives you an option because it means you don't have to play Zach Viner at, at right centre-back. So yeah. against Blackpool, you could say, right, well, um, we we don't need... Campering can go play left wing-back. If Rob Atkinson's not back, you've got the opportunity to play... Um, but not forgetting Thomas Callas can play left wing back. That's where he plays for the Czech Republic. But you could play three centre backs and still have a right footed right wing back. So, you know, you, it does give you options and it gives you it gives you more players and it also um, makes us more secure from set pieces. Mm. Um, and it also makes us makes us a bigger threat in the opposition penalty area because if you're looking around in that box and let's say you've got the likes of Cundy, closer, six foot three, six foot four. Callas is the smallest centre back we've got. It's six foot, and then and but he's very good in the air. Um, and and then if, when you get Atkinson back, he's six foot three, and it gives you the opportunity. And that's why I keep harping on about having a, a similar player to Chris Martin with a bit more movement who can replace him, uh, stand in for him if he's injured, or replace him with twenty minutes to go. And hold the ball up up front because even today, with we were much the better side, we didn't dominate possession. No, um, which I'm not bothered about because when we dominate possession too much, we're, we're terrible because we don't know what to. Well, we were terrible because we don't know what to do with the ball. But I'm happy with us coming forward now. We look like we can score goals, but. We still don't conceding too many. And let's talk about that final goal of the day. The final goal of the day, the five minutes of time added on. 
Pring, I mean, Mark, uh, who's usually on here, he was physically uh, at the game today and uh, he, he's, he's done a thread on OTIP that goes, Cameron Pring, Cameron Pring, Cameron Pring, what were you doing? As you said earlier, Ian, bombed all the way forward, lost possession. They catch us on the break. The cross comes in from Potts and there's Reese uh, Jacobson again, volley past Max O'Leary, who didn't stand a chance. Should anybody have been a bit closer to Jacobson that time? Yeah, when the ball came in? Because I haven't looked at the goal in detail, but, you know, he's volleying in from about eight yards and not under a great deal of pressure, was he? But the damage was done, losing possession. But I'm just trying to sort of see if if, if you yeah, think... It was, you know. it, it, it was an excellent cross and it was a fantastic finish. Uh, I don't think there was much Max O'Leary could have done it. Could we got a bit closer to him and blocked it? Yeah. Um, but the the damage. But if we're going to criticise Cameron Pring, and I would criticise him more generally for when he brings the ball out, he loses it very often, and he doesn't mm. pick the right path. So that's where he needs help from the coaches. Um, but I'd equally criticise Vyman and Martin for not getting the ball in the corner at the other end. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not going to criticise anybody for. Um, you know, in the box for that finish because it was, let's be honest, it was a bit of a worldie. Um, but I think the damage was done further forward when we didn't keep hold of the ball and get the ball in the corners. And it, it was about, that goal was more about Bristol City in game management. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and looking at it, that's seven injury time goals against this season. Yeah. So... He, he, you know, you, you What's that cost us then? Is that is that is that um is that fourteen points or there's probably it's probably not that many, but it's probably about eight or nine points, isn't it? Yeah, that it's cost us. Yeah. If we conceded Yeah. That. Well I, I I mean it could be it could be twenty one points, I doubt it is, but today it's cost us two. So yeah. uh, we're not in a position where we need um we're in a position where, where we need to get to that fifty points as soon as possible. And then once you've done that, you can. Everybody relaxes, and the pressure's off. Um, uh, the pressure's off a little bit, and then you, you, if you want to start dipping players like Cundy in and have a real good look at him for a couple of games, then you can. Um, because yeah. you're not you're not going to go down. I mean, let's be honest, we're not going to get anywhere near the top six. So, and, and everywhere else is nowhere really. But it would be nice yeah. not to be. Uh, not to be looking over our shoulders in five games time rather than in 10 games time because there's only 16 games left for us now. It's uh, 17, I think. I think it's 17. I think it's 17. It was 18. Yeah, day. sorry, 17. I'm sorry. 17, 17 games. By the way, yeah. by the way um, Na- uh, Nigel Pearson was asked about the Naki Wells story at the end of the game. He said, well, maybe they- there is interesting, but why would I want to help them? I've got no intention of helping anybody. So yeah, well, that's the right attitude, really. Well, he feels the same way about it as me. I mean, if you could let Naki go, and they're paying all these wages, and that enabled you to go out and buy, let's say, a player we've discussed hundreds of times, Michael Smith of Rotherham, who's scored a load of goals this season, um, then you could say, right, okay, well, yeah, we'll do it because then we've got a better blend of strikers up front. Because I don't, I don't really think. The, the only person you think he might Naki might replace in that team, I don't think he could do the Vyman role. It, is it, it might be Antoine? If Antoine's injured, you bring Naki Wells in. So mm. you know, I mean, somebody somebody said on the comment, surely Taylor Moore should be recalled. I think we'll never see him. He's a lovely guy, but I don't think we'll ever see him in a Bristol City shirt again. He played for Hearts uh, today in the starting lineup, and uh, is Alan Payne? Yeah, I agree that he's better than Viner, but that's setting a very low bar. Alan is saying that Viner was at fault for the second goal. I need to look at that in more detail to see whether he agree with it. So look, that was the that was the game. I mean, we go in search. That's only our second point now in 24. It doesn't look great. Uh, nine games without losing at home uh, is what Preston have got against us. And we're still looking for our first win in uh, is four months now because it was the 2nd of October when we... Um, when we lost to, uh, when we beat uh, Peterborough by uh, three goals to two. There's a few players we haven't talked about. Uh, 
yet. Um, Alex Scott in midfield, good game again from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we started off with an eighteen-year-old and a twenty-year-old in the middle of midfield. There aren't many clubs in this division that can do that. So. Um, yeah, I'm delighted with him. I think the only thing we need to be a bit careful of is is that we don't burn him out. Um, yeah. So you know, perhaps perhaps if you've got three games in a week, you 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 play him the two Saturdays and put him on the bench in midweek, and then you can always introduce mm. him as an impact player. But I, yeah. I thought he was excellent. I thought I thought Masengo was excellent today. And whilst we didn't dominate possession, we even in the first half we didn't do that for some strange reason, but. What we did, we were effective and we got forward well. And we got forward quickly without playing hoofball. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, you'd have to be delighted with our, our first half performance. Uh, apart, I thought it was great. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was, I thought it was brilliant, it. which was appalling. Yeah. Um, Ian, yeah. you, have to, you say about picking, you, you pick your best players and, and Nigel says he's still not playing his best formation because of the players available. But if you look at some of our best players at the moment and taking on board what you said about, um, uh, uh, you know, you, you need to rotate some and not burn them out. You know, you, you, you've got to have, I think, on the pitch to start every week and assuming they're fit is a Williams, Masengo and Scott midfield combo yeah now how do you what if, if would you agree with me that that's the best midfield three that we can have allowing for rotation but if you put your best players out there is that a is that a midfield three that you would start with first well, choice there's, there's, I, I, what i'd say to you is how do you fit that three in and the front three because then you'd have to play four at the back you can't yeah. play them all. So if you play the front three, uh, the what do you call them, the WSM, uh, yeah. play them, and then you play those three. You can only play four at the back because you can only have ten. You can only have ten. I know, players. I know, I know. So no. do, you, do you put? We were all saying Joe Williams, Matty James, and Masengo, and which is which is equally good, uh, but there aren't. There aren't too many goals coming from that lot, but Matty James will take a good set piece for you every now and then. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, we, we, what if we can get key players fit, then I think that gives us those opportunities. And you can also, <coughs> excuse me, you can also rest players when you need to. I mean, we, we went into the game at Luton. We only had 17 first-team players available. And that's why Tommy Conway mm. and, and um, Sam Bell were on the bench, and and that was it. We we it's not a question of saying well somebody else should have played or that they just weren't available to play. Um, so once we solve that, once we solve that problem of of keeping players fit and stop these recurring injuries, it's not touch wood. It's not a load of different players getting injured. It's the same ones getting injured over and over again. King James, Tavis, yeah. Atkinson. So we we need to resolve that situation and and then you don't get these silly early substitutions where, you know all two of your subs are gone by half time and you can't change much for for fear of finishing with 10 men um yeah. so i think that's important um so I, I and there's people on here talking about young players mainly alan saying most championship sides and under slj play no more than one young inexperienced player yeah, my answer to that, Alan, is, is I, as I've said before, I'd like to see 11 Bristolians, 11 academy players. That's my dream team. But they have to be good enough. Yeah. And even with Ronaldo at Manchester United, Ferguson didn't play him every week. He dipped him in and he dipped him out because he didn't want to, didn't want him to get smashed or burn Didn't want him to get burned out. And if he had to burn him out, he might not still have been going as he is now at the age of 36, yeah? Because he's still a player, isn't he? Yeah, so... Oh, exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. I wouldn't say that. I don't care if he's 36. Yeah, let's talk about a quick uh, wrap-up on the transfer window. And then uh, it is the week of uh, the Ashton Gate 8. Um, and you were like I was over at Newport four years ago uh, today. But uh, the transfer window... Um, there's not been a great deal going on. Some other clubs in our division look as though they have been picking up Premier League uh, loans. But, um, you know, the other one who's mooted is leaving, but 
apparently isn't now is uh, Casey Palmer. Birmingham were interested in him, weren't they? Yeah, and I think I've read a couple of snippets. Birmingham have been quite active in the market. How are they doing it with their financial position being like it is? You know, because they don't. Well, I suppose they're the wrong end of the table, and they do need to be looking over their shoulders. But uh, how, yeah, how could they even afford Palmer's? two-thirds of Palmer's wages when they're supposed to have bad financial problems? Well, uh, I'd, I'd say have they got bad financial problems? Because don't forget uh, about, was it two years ago now? Or two seasons ago or three seasons, they sold Jude Bellingham for £26 million, So that would have helped. Um, the honest answer, Dave, is I don't know. Uh, mm. But I know they've been um, somewhat active. I mean... Going across the league, not many people are active in the transfer market unless they're picking no. up players from non-league or League One and League Two bargains or players that, that may be out of contract in the summer that you go in and you get for 300000 whereas if they were under contract, they might cost you a mil. Um, for, for me, I mean, Nigel Pearson has is, is said that the only way that someone goes out now is if we get someone in. So yeah, you know if we can't if we can't shift and, and the wages don't come into it, you you need the players that make the squad or as managers these days like to call it the group um, stronger. Um, it's um, it's what it's one of those things that um, he's very stubborn person and he, he he's i'll give him his due he sticks to his principles and he's saying i don't just want journeymen here who are squad fillers here for the ride i want players who are going to come in and be better than the ones i've got and make a real difference i mean sometimes you sign a player who's as good as you've got if you could go out and get a center half that was as good as callas you know for not for not much money you'd get him wouldn't yeah. you well, and you were saying earlier, Ian, about Chris Martin, you know, like if we somebody came in for Naki and we could go out and get a younger version of Chris Martin, but is that younger person going to be better than Chris Martin? And I would say probably not, but it just gives you another option with the bigger man up front. I mean, we could say to Cardiff, oh, look, you can have Naki Wells and give us Kiefer Moore, and then that would be bloody dream team, wouldn't it? But uh, but there we go. Yeah, Alan gonna, said on here, ain't going to do that. No, so why should we give them Naki Wells, you know? But uh, And as yeah. a certain person said uh, last year, we'll get the value on the pitch. Yeah, right. Alan said, can you have a comment from me about Sunderland's result? today well i was keeping uh, track of it lee johnson was trending on uh, twitter this afternoon uh, about three and a half thousand tweets and uh, as everybody knows or probably do know uh, they they lost six nil at bolton today and they're absolutely howling and i laugh my bloody head off because all the stuff that we said about him for most of his time here i would say most of his time maybe bar the cup semi-final season when he had to play a set way with a set number of players because okay well surprise surprise we were injured but uh, you know he he i think he's under a bit of pressure this time ian don't you because getting gub six nil that ain't pretty, is it? And that's come on the back of some big defeats away from home to some of the other clubs at the top of the table. Do you think he's on thin ice? Well, he was on thin ice at the end of last season and the owner up there, he's a very rich young man, and stuck with him. Um, mm. But if you, look at, if you look at the league table, and I'm looking at it now, Wigan have got four games in hand and a point more and a better goal difference. So assuming yeah. that Wigan only win two of those, that makes that that point difference into a seven point difference um, mm. and, and Rotherham have got uh, two points more and they've got two games in hand so it might look as though the playoffs is is where they're going but they're not um, I mean if, if you look at the game though I mean Sunderland had 59 going back to possession again Sunderland had 59% possession so was it a game like we used to play a lot of it was going sideways and backwards because they only had two sh- seven shots in total. Contrast yeah. to Bolton, f- 15. And they had two shots on target. Contra- I mean, Bolton only had seven efforts on tor- target. They scored with six of them. So it was a, it was a funny old game. But, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, we know that, that Lee's team, as we were when we were, 
are very streaky. And yeah, he'll go on yeah. a run where they win they win four games on the trot. But then he's just as likely to go on a run when you lose four games on the trot. Well he's had he had a good start, then he had a streaky, and then he pulled it back again and as I say, I think he's lost uh well, he's 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 not He's not doing. Uh, he's not doing great. But um, no, the, the the knives are out for him. Um, the other result. Um, she, she, I've got this obsession. I'm like Sheffield Wednesday won Ipswich nil. Ipswich have been uh, chundering around in the transfer market. You know, twenty players signed in the summer. Um, you know, Mark Ashton seems to uh, love getting somebody else's checkbook out or he buys players like some people like dealing in second-hand cars, doesn't he? Yeah. And they lost today yeah, at Sheffield it's, Wednesday. It's, yeah, I think it's the clubs in the bag philosophy. But unfortunately, when you're running a, a club, when you own a club, you, you, you've you got to stop the worst excesses of your mate. If, if, you, if you like, if you want to compare and contrast, Pearson's the other end of the scale. Doesn't like loans. Don't want to get them. Um, and I'm sure if you yeah. said to him, look, you know, Man United let us have Ronaldo on, then he'd still say, well, do you know what? No, I don't want him. I'd rather I'd rather no. give a lad a game out, out the under 23s, which in, in one way I yeah. applaud. I, but I only applaud it if it's if it makes us successful. Um, <laughs> and and it, because if if you do it and you're unsuccessful, then you can finish up getting relegated. But you've proved the point, yeah. which is no good to any of us. So no. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a, a, I'm certainly not a fan of Ashton or or Lee Johnson, but yeah. I genuinely have been looking at Sunderland's results or Ipswich's results because I'm concerned about the city. You got better things. You got better things to do with your life. All right, look, it's Ashton Gate eight yeah. week. Forty years ago today, forty years ago today was the Newport match when we traipsed over there stood behind the goal they couldn't even afford bloody terrace in it was an ash terrace they scored first we got an equaliser people couldn't remember whether it was with a header or a shot from uh, Mick Harford um, pretty horrible feeling going over there thinking uh, that was it really wasn't it yeah did you did you feel that on the day or were we both too young to really feel it I mean you know I've been supporting them then about 15 years so it's a fair time and you may be the same or maybe a couple of years yes because you're a bit younger than me but what are your recollections of that day Ian and you were right about the punch up in the pub because there was a few scraps going on I was reading that on the, the thread I put on Otim but uh, your your thoughts on January the 30th 31st 1982 well like <laughs> uh, like I said yeah there, there was, was some uh, stuff stuff going on uh in the pub but obviously I've only heard about it I wouldn't get involved in anything like that Your Honour um, so no I my, my view I went over it I think we all felt it but being younger people we genuinely didn't understand it and um, if it had been the end I, I can remember people saying I, I don't care you know if I got got, got the Downs in watch games I I wouldn't go over and watch the Rovers. And this is the thing that when people years ago used to talk about the two clubs combining, they never realised that if Bristol City went out of existence, the assumption is from people outside of Bristol that, oh, well, you go over and watch the Rovers. Well, I'd, I'd go and follow Exeter City or go up to London yeah. and watch Arsenal before I support the Rovers. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it was sometimes you think, oh, well, everything's terrible, everything's sad, everything's depressing, but that really was. And we were within a, a gnat of going out of going out of business. I mean, doing what, what unfortunately, yeah. what's happened to Berry um, and things like that. And, and Yeah, well, know, Richard uh, Richard Latham gave a very good insight because he was actually there at the Dragon R Hotel as a young rookie reporter. Pete Godsiff was obviously the main man, but he told us uh, at that uh, Senior Reds lunch a couple of weeks ago some interesting facts. One of, well, two, two interesting facts. It could have been the Ashton Gate 7 because Jerry Sweeney wasn't part, J- Jerry Sweeney was the eighth player to be added to that list, wasn't he? Is that correct, if I recall that correctly? Yeah. And the other thing, maybe explains why until this latest celebration, that Jimmy Mann had only recently signed a two-and-a-half-year contract for the club. And, you know, he's somebody that's been very low profile. Maybe he 
sort of gave up more than uh, some of the others, you know. And then you look at the players, you know, you look at the players that played at Newport, and I'm guessing Jan Moller, Terry Boyle, and Mick Harford were players that weren't asked to rip their contracts up because they had some sale value. Does that does that sound about right, Ian, that assumption, that they were saleable? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, lots of players finished up leaving the club and going somewhere else, didn't they? Didn't, didn't Tom Ritchie go to Sunderland? Jerry Gow, I know, definitely went to Man City. Um, oh, yeah, but they'd all gone so, before. They, they'd gone well before yeah. that. So, you know, I, I think uh, it, it was very sad times. I mean, we can all remember chucking a few bob in uh, for the shares. and Ten quid. Um, I put in ten quid. Yeah. 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 And, um, a lot and of money in those days. Yeah, well, yeah, well, before the war, yeah. No, I, I think we we need we we need sometimes to give ourselves a bit of a reality check and realise where we are um, in terms of if we ever think, well, this is really bad. I mean, I say to a lot of the younger guys down there, you ain't seen bad. You know, I can remember being in Ashton Gate, three, four thousand people. Um, well, yeah, five and a half. I looked at the crowd the week, the week, five and a half thousand crowd the week before the, the the last home match prior to Newport away, and then the Fulham game, which is when all the youngsters, including Rob Newman, made his debut. Uh, there was nine and a half thousand there, and the atmosphere that day it was a nil nil draw against Fulham. But the atmosphere that day it was like having twenty thousand uh, in the uh, in the ground, and indeed City had had twenty thousand because wasn't that the year we yeah. played Villa in the cup a couple of weeks previously at home? We lost one nil. Is that was that eighty two or was that eighty one? I can't remember now. Yeah, I think might have been, I can remember. I think, might have been that might have been eighty one. No. I mean, when you look at the Ashton Gate eight, they're all legends. But realistically, of the eight, six of them were legends. And I'm looking at the uh, um, the artist drawing that's up in my study here. Yeah, Jeff Merrick, legend. Yeah, Chris Garland, legend. Absolutely, his goals kept us up in 77. Julian Marshall, mm. Trevor Tainton, unspectacular, legend. Jimmy Mann, legend, scored that 35-yarder against Peter Shilton in the last season. We were in the top flight. Peter Aitken, mm, not really legend. Dave Rogers, good squad player. Jerry Sweeney, legend. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it, you know, that... Um, that um, I say some of the legends had got out in the 12 months uh, previously, as you rightly said, Tom Ritchie and, um, and, and, and Jerry. God, if he'd have come back, what we give to have a player, what we give to have a player like him. And then the incident when it all happened, I mean, it's, it's like they did, there was a TV series on not so long ago was what it would be like if, uh, if um, the Nazis had won the second world war. What do you think? Cause we were the first club that did what we did. And I don't think any other club players have ripped up their contracts, but what do you think would have happened to city? Would they have gone down to being allocated a league? You know, have they gone bust because Bristol city was still going to be the ground there, although that could have been sold. But what, could have happened or what do you think might have happened 40 years ago Ian, if if we had gone under where do you think we'd be now that's the question what would have happened well i think i think if we'd have gone out of existence the club would have resurfaced in some form but at that point i think we, we wouldn't have been relegated we'd have been thrown out the league so we'd have had to start again a little bit like um well similar to what happened to Rangers up in Scotland. That's what I was going to say. Because if they'd have kicked us, if they'd have kicked us down, if they'd have kicked us down to, not, well, let's talk in today's money in terms of league. Because you got GM conference, you got the conference, and then you got the one below. If they'd have kicked us to the, the one below, right? That's the yeah. southern half of that. Would we? Well, it's bloody conjecture, isn't it? But I wonder where we would be if 40 years ago we'd had to rebuild from there because that's not that far down rangers came back it's 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 an inter- it's int- well it's like what if the nazis had won the second world war you know well they didn't you know and it's like i've asked you that question we didn't they didn't so it's, it's a pointless conversation well, if, really. well, if, if, well it is if you're at i mean if you're at the ad you know what should be your uncle so forget it yeah i mean 
But what? where would we be now? I've no idea. Um, would we have resurfaced in some shape or form? Yeah, I'm sure we would have. Um, would we have still had Ashton Gate? Because we needed to sell that to get the money or the receivers would have saved it, uh, sold it to get the money to pay the debts off, which, by the way, we didn't pay. I think we gave people about 20 pence in the pound. 20p in the pound, yeah. Money. yeah. So that that's from memory. No, I, I, I don't know, but it didn't happen. But the, as the rules are now, um, if we'd have gone bust, I mean, it'd been like Barry. I mean, Barry just got chucked out the league, and I think they've said they could go in, they'd be in the bottom of the National League if they came back. In. I don't know where they are now, Barry. Is it? Is there a National League North? No, I don't know. Like I don't know. But, no, I really don't know. Alan, Alan Payne's on here said it'd be like what happened to Newport. Yeah, like what happened to Newport. Yeah, they went bust. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm more, and, and honestly, I don't care. Uh, we, we, we just hope those days never come again, and I don't wish those on any club. I, I, it's not so no. much the club, Dave, it's the fans. It's the fans that I feel sorry yeah. for. The ownership, I really yeah. don't feel sorry for. Same as Derby. I feel dreadfully sorry for the Derby fans. I do not feel sorry in any way, shape, or form for their owners um, because they knew what no. they were doing, and they broke the rules. Of course they did. And, they, they, and, and now the club, which is... I don't know whose hands it's in now. It's in the hands of the receivers, I believe, uh, or the administrators. Yeah. And they're trying to find somebody to buy it. They've had another 11th hour reprieve for a month, but they're not over nosed yet. And the problem is those two legal cases they've got rolling against them could finish up in, in a settlement somewhere around 40 million quid. Now, I think if they yeah. weren't going on, I think they'd have sold the club by now. But I think people are looking at that and saying, well, look, the club's in a lot of debt. We've got a lovely stadium, we've got good support, we've got good away support, yeah. we've got a decent manager, some decent players, uh, but we've got a lot of debt. And by the way, that might get added to by 40 million quid if we lose these two court cases. And yeah. people are just going, well, hang on, that's a bit that's a bit rich for my blood, even you know, even quite rich people. So Well, they got you know they got a big game to them for the Well, good luck to they them got for a the big fans. game. Yeah, for the fans, that's what I'm thinking about because I know one or two Derby fans. And I mean, they've got a big game tomorrow, tomorrow lunchtime, they're home to Birmingham. And Birmingham are nine points clear of 20th. Yeah, well, Birmingham are only two points behind us. So we drop down to 17th if Birmingham beat Derby tomorrow. But then Derby would go on to 17 points, which would put them three behind Peterborough, who, as we are recording this, are losing home to Sheffield United, courtesy of a Billy Sharp. Uh, goal but um cardiff they're at home to forest tomorrow and if uh, forest win that they jump up into the playoffs cardiff would be in deep absolute deep doo-doos you know i think there's well i don't know is it four sides battling for two trying to avoid two relegation slots isn't it cardiff reading peterborough derby but i think if derby lose tomorrow i think they'll be gone i really do yeah, and Birmingham, they'll be pushing themselves well above us. But there we go. Well, Ian, been a pleasure. Go, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, no, I just say unless you look at the the bottom teams, um, and and you look at where they are. I mean, I think I worked out the other day. This is before today's round of games. Um, Barnsley would need to have picked up sixty percent of the points they they got to play for. And at the moment, they're picking up about nineteen. Derby yeah. would need to pick up 63% of the this is to get to 50 points would need to pick up 63% of the points they got to play for and Peterborough would need to pick up 50% of the points they got they have to play for now we need to pick up mm. um, about 30% of, of the points we got to play yeah. for and we're actually doing better than that now so well, point <laughs> of game point of game here point of game it is a point of game but we need to do it um we need to get the points on the board as quickly as as quickly as possible. Yeah. Because it, and look, we take a draw at Blackpool. We would take a draw at Blackpool next week. Draw at Blackpool next week. Beat Reading at home, and then you know you're then on to uh, 38 points. You have got 12 games to go. With um, sorry, not 12 games. You'd, you'd you'd have 37. Uh, well, if you get a draw and a win from the next two, that puts you on uh, 38. 
and then you've got um, no, the 17, 15 games left. We've got. We've, we're on 34. 33. Oh, no, we're on 34. We're on 34. I'm looking at the league table. So 38. Yeah. And then you've got 15 games to go, which puts you on 53 points, well in advance of what we need. Um, just to wrap up, Alan said, can we have a bit of discussion on the progress we're making? I think we've I think we've done that. I think, I think we are making progress, uh, Ian, don't you? I think the home form, I mean, it's interesting when we're doing badly we get big audience. This is one of our lowest thanks for those that have joined in. This is one of the lowest uh, we've had for a very, very uh, long time, even though we're sailing through on downloads with about 700, six or 700 uh, an episode. But um, final shot from you, Ian. Things are getting better. It's coming up to the anniversary of Nigel's appointment. While his win rate is still crap, I think we're on the right track and things can only get better. Would you agree? I, I think we've made. Um, I think we've made some progress. Um, I've got the concerns that I've got. We're playing much better football than we were even yeah. a couple of months ago. Um, so I think that's because Nigel Pearson is is instead of he's got a shoehorn some people into positions where they're not naturals for because of our our injury record. So the things I'd like to see is. We need to stop conceding two goals a game. Yeah. We need we we need to calm down in the final third, um, particularly towards the end of games because we're panicking too much still. Um, and I'd like to see players returning from injury quicker and the same ones not getting injured over yeah. and over again. So those would be my my three things to look at. One. Our injury worries aren't as bad as they were last season, but last season was absolutely uh, horrific. And you'd hope that never happens again. But those are the areas that we need to improve in. And it'd be interesting to ask Nigel Pearson the question. If, you, if I said to you, 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 you need to give you us a team that could challenge for the top six, how many players, and forget financial stuff, money's... Not no object, but you've got good money. Yeah. How many play? How many players would you bring in? Because I'm surprised if you said any less than five or six. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that because the the young talent that's emerged, some of them are some of the most exciting prospects we've seen. You know, it's like buses. We had none for a number of years. Now we've got easily three that have come along at once. But uh, but there we go. Ian, thanks for your company. Thanks to the people that have listened. We'll be doing another pod after the trip to the seaside next weekend. Um, so uh, have a great weekend and have a great week, everybody. Remember, it's the Ashton Gate 8, the actual Ashton Gate 8 day, I think is February the 3rd. And uh, obviously, there's a celebration at uh, Ashton Gate on the pitch at halftime with the players uh, for the Middlesbrough game, which is on uh, February the 19th. But Ian, have a great weekend, and thanks to everybody for listening. All the best. Cheers now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sweet song, now wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when red robins are bob bob bobbing along. Red Robin come bob bob bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red, round was out, ba-ba-bobbing along.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.